I'm talking with psychotherapist and author Dr. Mike Dow. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good, Miguel. How are you? Very good. So tell me, Mike, who are you and what do you do? So I am the author of The Brain Fog Fix. Uh, I specialize in treating people from the whole person approach. And what I mean by that is I I don't believe we can just focus on somebody's uh, nutrition or just their psychology or just their relationships or just their spiritual lives. You know, so what made me really want to write The Brain Fog Fix uh, was that, first of all, I believe that so many people around the world are experiencing what I call brain fog. So it's mild anxiety, mild depression, uh, what I call pre-dementia or uh, mild neurocognitive disorder. So you just can't remember things uh, like you used to. You're just not thinking clearly. You're just not feeling like yourself. Uh, so I, I really felt the need to write this book um, to, to help all of those people around the world because when you look at the statistics and looking at how, for example, uh, depression rates are going up or Alzheimer's disease is tripling in the next few decades, uh, I, I think there's something we're doing quite wrong in terms of uh, what we're eating, how we're living uh, or not loving, uh, how, how we've sort of given up spiritual practice. And, and that is why I think more and more people around the world are being uh, diagnosed with what I call brain fog. What do you think is contributing to this rising levels of mental conditions, Mike? Just taking food, for example, because the first third of the brain fog fix really focuses on our food. And I tell you how, uh, for example, these omega-3 superfoods that I have in my book um, have been shown to uh, reduce anxiety, reduce depression, reduce your risk of dementia. And what's really interesting is that uh, factory farming, which has become more and more common around the world, uh, so even the meat that we used to eat 20 years ago uh, is so different than, than the meat that we're now eating globally now because it's factory farmed, uh, which isn't just bad for the animal. It's actually quite bad for you. Uh, it, it increases the amount of pro-inflammatory omega-6s and the anti-inflammatory omega-3s go down. And that's true for beef, chicken, dairy, eggs. Um, so we're just not eating the omega-3s uh, as much as we used to. And, of course, a lot of people aren't eating those uh, um, the best source of omega-3s, which are these omega-3 superfoods, uh, which includes fish and also walnuts and flaxseed. Uh, we're just not eating as, as many vegetables and fruits as, as we should. Uh, so we know uh, in studies from around the world that the happiest people who experience the least amount of depression and anxiety are eating seven servings of vegetables and whole fruits every day. And most people are just eating one or two. Um, so that's just an example of how our diet, for example, um, it has a profound impact. So I, I, I do believe, again, that it's, it's everything we're doing. It's how we're living, how we're eating. Um, and, and we can sort of directly uh, see the correlation between that and, and the spiraling rates of brain, brain fog around the world. What do you mean by brain drain, Mike? Well, what's really interesting is that uh, people just start to feel foggy. So, for example, after you eat a, a diet that's high in processed carbohydrates, so let's say you eat that sandwich or uh, you have some fish and chips or you have um, pasta for, for lunch, um, if we gave you a memory test after you came back from lunch and you were at your desk, uh, your memory would not work a as well and you just would not be thinking as clearly as, as somebody who had something that was healthier. Now, that's a, a little troubling in the short term, but what we also know in the long term is that if you continuously spike your blood sugar with these processed carbohydrates, too much bread, flour, sugar, pasta, uh, you are at much uh, higher risk for 
uh, more serious forms of brain fog like dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So I, I think that this link is, is really troubling for people and maybe uh, they're, they're starting to say, oh, I understand where this brain drain might be coming from and I also understand uh, why I may be feeling the way I do. Can you give me an example of that, say, a person you know, who's working or maybe studying? Yeah, so I, I think so many of us, uh, you know, there a lot of the patients that I treat here in my private practice in Los Angeles, uh, they have very stressful jobs. And, you know, so not only are they not sleeping, but, you know, I, I want to talk about this downward spiral that I see is more uh, common. So what happens is we're checking our iPhones and our iPads and checking our email at not just 7 o'clock, but 8 and 9 and 10 and 11 p.m., uh, we're checking social media, so that bombards our our eyes, which uh, then send a, a signal to our brains that say that it's uh, it's still daytime. So of course our brains don't send uh, don't pump out the melatonin, uh, and then we have trouble getting to sleep, and we don't sleep well, and then we wake up groggy, and then we need probably a little bit more caffeine than we should. Um, so then, uh, of course, uh, when you're tired, you also crave unhealthy foods. And, of course, when you're tired, you don't want to exercise. Uh, so then we're sort of on this downward spiral, and then you're sort of just existing through your day, struggling to get through all of your meetings and the spreadsheets and the assignments and the emails that you have to handle. And it all just feels uh, like you're sort of running through the mud. Um, and, and then, of course, you get home, and you're stressed out, and you're fatigued, and you're frazzled. And instead of going to the gym or going to a yoga class, you probably – need an extra glass of wine to calm you down and then the cycle just starts all over again so i think more and more people are sort of in this in this uh, they're sort of caught in this downward spiral and they're not getting what they need to naturally produce those levels of those uh, feel good dopamine and serotonin and their their stress hormone levels of of cortisol uh, the 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 cortisol levels uh, are just just uh, too high. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that when we look at uh, how more and more people, I, I certainly the people that I treat here and, and, and people who are um, reading my book and, and, and relate to this downward spiral, I think it's become the, the norm for many people. What are the long-term impacts of this downward spiral, Mike? A lot. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of, of, of long-term consequences. Uh, you know, of course, uh, addiction, whether that addiction is uh, sleeping pills, uh, alcohol, uh, too much coffee. Now, now the good news is that in the brain fog fix, it's a very moderate approach. So, for example, I, I share some statistics, um, and a glass or two of wine a day can reduce your risk of uh, brain fog, and including dementia, by over 20%. And three cups of coffee a day can reduce your risk of uh, brain fog, including dementia, by uh, over 50%. So there is uh, there are healthy levels of of these foods in our lives. But when we look at some of the other long-term consequences of drinking too much alcohol, too much coffee, it's not only physical dependence and addiction, uh, but it's also dementia. It's also anxiety. It's depression. It's ADHD as we, as our attention spans grow shorter and shorter. Uh, and, and then, of course, the, the worst-case scenario, because uh, when this happens over the long term, uh, we get uh, – our, our brains just don't – work as quickly or as sharply as they could and, and then we get mild brain fog and whether those are senior moments or mommy brain uh, you may be diagnosed with a mild neurocognitive impairment which is basically pre-dementia and then that turns into dementia which can turn into Alzheimer's disease so uh, you, you can kind of see the the urgency here and why I really wanted to write this book to to really help people's uh, uh, reverse and prevent the brain fog that more and more people are experiencing.
You mentioned there that our attention spans are reducing. Why exactly is that happening, Mike? Well, you know, I have a chapter in the Brain Fog Fix called Digital Distraction. And, you know, I think more and more of us are trying to multitask. But we know uh, that from brain scans that when people are multitasking, and I'll put that in quotes because they think they're multitasking, what they're actually doing is they are rapidly single tasking. So they're switching back and forth rapidly between two different tasks or, you know, sometimes three or four. Um, now, we know that the human brain, we, there's a loss of efficiency. So you can, you can switch pretty rapidly between very simple tasks. So let's say you're having a conversation um, uh, with a friend and on the phone and you're just talking about your day and you're just mindlessly uh, washing dishes. That's probably fine, but at, we know that as the complexity of the tasks grows, that you will lose more and more time because you are trying to switch back and forth between these very complex, complex tasks. So let's say you're finishing an email and you really need all of your brain power to, to write a very uh, concise, uh, uh, eloquent email while also trying to have a conversation with your significant other about your child's uh, problems in school. Um, you know, your brain is not only overwhelmed, but you're losing uh, efficiency. So you would actually save time by giving all of your attention to one task and then moving on to the next task. Um, so, so we can, we also see, um, in terms of attention span that, you know, the millennials and, and younger people, and I think, you know, now all people were spending more and more time on social media. And you would think that people who are used to being on their phones all day, um, would be would be great at filtering out irrelevant stimuli. So so let's say you're on your phone and you, and you need to concentrate on what you're doing uh, on your phone and you're in a, a, a in an office environment. And there's people talking all around you. You would think that people who are heavy media multitaskers would be good at just sort of tuning out the world when actually the opposite is true. So people who are on their phone all day can't filter out um, other conversations. So their brains are just sort of um, they're not able to focus like a laser. And, and we know that if you give uh, your, all of your attention and you really work on, on, on helping your attention span and helping your brain to focus on one thing and only one thing at a time, uh, that your attention span um, and your productivity might increase as a result. Do you think our brains are becoming overloaded with all of this information? Oh, absolutely. I think more and more people are just fed up and frazzled, uh, overwhelmed, uh, not sleeping well, just feeling uh, sort of like zombies. You know, it's like you're half living all day. And, and, and uh, basic tasks from going to work to cooking breakfast just start to feel very difficult. Um, and, uh, but I also believe that there's a lot of hope that people can sort of bust the brain fog uh, with some simple strategies based on uh, not just uh, uh, what we eat, but also how we're living and how we're going about our daily lives. And is there a way to change that? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, the second week of the brain fog fix uh, is called the seven day energy revolution. So the first seven days is, is focusing on mood, the seven day mood revolution. Uh, now, in that second week, you know, a lot of people talk about these juice cleanses uh, and, and you get rid of all the sugar and all that. Well, guess what I'm going to do in the brain fog fix? I'm going to help you to go on a social media cleanse and a technology cleanse. And one of the most powerful parts of my program that will help people to reset their brains, uh, the good news is, is you can still check your phone and you can still email. But what I have people do is I have them take three waking hours a day during the second week. 
um, and, and you go technology free. So that can be, you know, th- uh, an hour at lunch and, uh, and two hours at night. And, you know, it's really profound is, is when people can do that, they just start to feel more like themselves. And you just start to, you, you start to pay attention to the people around you. You start to have conversation. Uh, you start to have a conversation with uh, uh, a friend or, or a colleague or a loved one. And you start to really pay attention to what they're saying rather than half listening while half uh, looking for text on your phone. And this really has the power to sort of reset the brain so you can start to feel more peaceful and less frazzled uh, in your daily life. What kind of suggestions do you have in doing that, Mike? Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's taking the, that three hours and it's also rethinking your relationship to electronics in the, in the, in the afternoon and the evening. Uh, that's going to help you help you to become more still and more present i know that i you know i used to be somebody who used to watch tv uh uh late at night is the time when i probably um you know i find myself really sort of tired and i sort of watch tv and i used to watch tv right up until i went to bed and i would have sleeping problems and now the last thing that i do uh when i go to sleep is i is i read a book and you know from a real book not an not a reader because we know that the that those uh, reading on your iPad or other devices can and can give too much blue light. So I have a one of those, you know, those old incandescent bulbs, and I have it on a dimmer. And uh, what's interesting is even the light bulbs that we use. You know, some of these energy-saving compact fluorescent and LED bulbs, they're great for uh, the kitchen. They're great for the living room. But in the bedroom, they emit too much blue light, which is the kind of light, the frequency that tells your pineal gland, um, which, re- which is the part of your brain that releases melatonin, that it's daytime. So if you have those compact fluorescent bulbs or LED lights in your, in your bedroom, you may want to change those and, and use an incandescent, which are those, you know, just those old cheap light bulbs, and put it on a dimmer. Um, so that your brain, uh, because those have less blue light, so that uh, you can actually sleep better. So it's just rethinking your your our relationship to electronics. Because listen, electronics and iPhones—they're great devices. You know, they help us to be more productive, to stay connected. But uh, but then it does reach a point, doesn't it, uh, where we're we're now sort of using social media, but it's making us too antisocial, or we're just too connected. So I think it's finding that middle ground between too connected and frazzled um, uh, and, and just uh, having a more moderate and balanced approach to, uh, to technology and lights in our lives, which, uh, you know, funny enough that even the light bulbs have, a, have an effect on, on brain fog. Uh, who, would, who would have ever thought that? We need to find a way to control the technology rather than allowing the technology to control us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more and more people, we actually become addicted, you know. Um, you know, much like a, a gambler, every time the, you know, the cherries line up on that slot machine and they get a little, you know, they won $5, um, a little shot of dopamine goes off in their brain, which can become addictive. Um, that's what happens to our phones. So every time we get a little ding and a, a little light goes off on our phone and somebody likes our Instagram photo or likes our Facebook post, those pulls can actually become addictive because every time you get that ding, you're getting a little hit of dopamine in your brain. Talking about food then, Mike, how much does food affect our mood? I, I think it's it's the single uh, most um, – the, it's the thing that can both – uh, improve brain fog the most, and also it's probably the number one 
uh, villain <laughs> that causes brain fog. So, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, I have all sorts of recommendations um, in this first week where I really take on diet, uh, looking at the kinds of fats, looking at the kinds of proteins, looking at the kind of vegetables and fruits. Um, some of my top brain fog busting foods include those omega-3 superfoods like fish, but also with this, uh, what's really, frankly, a miracle spice, which is turmeric, and which is that, uh, you know, that yellow uh, spice that gives curry its yellow color and you combine that with black pepper uh, which could potentially reduce your risk of Alzheimer's by up to 90%. So of course in the brain fog fix I have a, a recipe for a wellness shot that you just combine a half teaspoon of both uh, turmeric and black pepper in a little bit of water and you take a little shot of that every day. Um, looking at the fruits, uh, blueberries could slow cognitive decline by about two and a half years if you eat blueberries every day. Um, and then, of course, uh, probably the, the greatest, well, two of the greatest offenders, which is uh, number one, soybean oil. Soybean oil is a very cheap uh, oil, uh, a form of fat that is in almost all processed foods around the world because it is so cheap for food manufacturers. If you can swap uh, cheap for them, bad for you soybean oil, which is very high in pro-inflammatory omega-6s, for the very best oil for your brain, which is olive oil. Uh, we know in studies that that can preserve uh, uh, your cognitive fun function. It can help to banish brain fog. And by the way, extra virgin olive oil tastes so much better than those cheap uh, store-bought salad dressings made with sugar and soybean oil. So it's making that switch to soy, uh, from soybean oil to olive oil. And, and by the way, if you are cooking, you don't want to cook with extra virgin olive oil because it's not stable at high temperatures. What you want to look for when you're cooking with olive oil is light olive oil or something that's just labeled plain olive oil that doesn't say extra virgin or virgin. Um, and, and then also those proteins. So again, switching from factory meat, factory farmed meats, uh, conventionally grown um, eggs and, and dairy products to organic free range uh, animal products, which have higher levels of omega threes and lower levels of omega sixes. And then of course, the best source of omega threes, which are uh, fish and seafood like wild caught salmon, but also some farm raised varieties, uh, farm raised rainbow trout, farm raised Arctic char, for example, are very high in omega-3s and also very low in toxins. And I, of course, have a comprehensive list of those omega-3 superfoods because it is quite con confusing. You know, so for example, you don't want to eat farm-raised salmon, but if you're buying rainbow trout, for example, farm-raised is great. So, you know, I, I have a very extensive list in my book to help people to navigate the grocery store or restaurants and, you know, which fish should I buy farm-raised, which do I need to buy wild-caught. And then for, the veg uh, for you vegetarians out there, uh, vegetarian omega-3 superfoods like walnuts, um, uh, flaxseed, uh, which have very high levels of the omega-3 ALA, which your body converts into the omega-3s uh, EPA and DHA, which are the forms of uh, omega-3 that can uh, um, banish brain fog because EPA improves your mood and DHA improves cognitive function and can really preserve that cognitive function as we age. So uh, really, there, there's so much we can do in terms of our diet. Uh, let's, let's face it, we, we all, it's something that we all do three to six times a day, right? We sit down and we make a choice, and, um, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's a very important one. It can either set you up for, for brain fog or it can banish and prevent it. What's the link between, say, anxiety and depression, then, Mike, regard to food? 
Well, what's interesting, anxiety and depression tend to go hand in hand for most people. Um, some of my patients uh, have a little bit more anxiety than depression. Some have more depression than anxiety. But when we talk about these, the two main uh, feel-good hormones, neurotransmitters, uh, that the Brain Fog Fix program is designed to uh, restore, the two feel-good chemicals are serotonin and dopamine. So when your serotonin levels are high, uh, you feel happy and peaceful. When your dopamine levels are high, you feel happy and excited. So most people with anxiety, uh, they have they have low levels of serotonin versus people who uh, are more depressed but not anxious uh, may have lower levels of dopamine. So let's take an example of how your how your diet can uh, for people who are either anxious or depressed support natural serotonin or dopamine production. So uh, looking at serotonin, which is that feel-good neurotransmitter and hormone that is going to make you feel happy but also banish anxiety, uh, the amino acid tryptophan that you get from your diet is converted into 5-HTP, which then converts into serotonin, but your body needs all these cofactors like uh, folate and other B vitamins and vitamin C and iron to, to really make that conversion. Um, so we can see that if you're getting tryptophan from, let's say you're eating a banana um, and, and then you're having, a, you're, you're having a whole grains like quinoa and you're getting uh, all your amino acids from these complete proteins and then you're eating seven servings of fruits and vegetables so you're getting all the folate and the B vitamins that you need, then your body can naturally make that, uh, the conversion uh, from the tryptophan that you're already eating in your diet and then it will convert to 5-HTP and then to serotonin so then you feel happy and you banish anxiety. Now, for people with depression who have low levels of dopamine, who they're not anxious, but they, they feel, you know, their energy is low. They feel sort of a, a low energy depression. They're, uh, if you, they're eating, um, uh, well, we all eat that amino acid tyrosine. So let's say you're having some organic eggs which have tyrosine in them. Uh, your body will convert that tyrosine um, in, into dopamine. Uh, but, but by the way, it also needs the same cofactors, it, all the B vitamins, folate, vitamin C, iron, to make that conversion to take the amino acids and turn them into dopamine in your brain. So the good news is if when people follow the Brain Fog Fix program, they're eating the healthy proteins, they're eating uh, healthier carbs. I have a list of carbs that you can eat. So when you're swapping out uh, white rice and you're uh, swapping in uh, quinoa and millet and sprouted um, flourless bread, uh, that's not going to spike your blood sugar like traditional bread will. Um, you really can see how you can support natural levels of serotonin and, and dopamine so that you can uh, feel less anxious and less depressed naturally. And you mentioned there, Mike, about the sugar spikes. Is there a way to prevent that happening? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a couple of ways. So um, in, in the Brain Fog Fix, Fix program, you're going to cut out all of the high GI foods. Those are foods... Uh, with high that are high uh, they have a very high glycemic index which spike your blood sugar the worst offenders of course in, in the global diet are flour and sugar which you can find in just about any processed food because it's so cheap for them to produce and they make a lot of money meanwhile your health is being affected so I, you know I'm not somebody who thinks that we should not eat carbs because carbs carbohydrates are the brain's preferred source of energy and carbohydrates can be wonderful not to mention delicious so you know I have that list of healthy 
carbs in, in the in the book, but also you know looking at the way whole fruits um, and and the best fruit of, fruit of all for the brain is which are berries. Berries actually have a very low glycemic index, and when we look at the way nature made whole fruits, um, they they put uh, you know yes there are natural sugars. But they're but they're combined with fiber and vitamins. So looking at one of my favorite fruits, which are which are raspberries, you know, high levels of, of fiber, vitamin C, and they don't spike your blood sugar. So you know, I, I actually don't believe in fruit juice, and and you know, fruit juice uh, may be a better choice than soda, but it it spikes your blood sugar just as much. And we know that spiking your blood sugar consistently can lead to dementia and Alzheimer's disease, uh, in addition to obesity and weight gain. In fact. The um, the plaques that form in the body when you have diabetes are similar to the plaques that form in the brain in dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So we can really see that by making the switch from orange juice to uh, eating a whole orange or even better, some blueberries and raspberries for breakfast, um, you're still going to be getting carbohydrates, but they're not going to spike your blood sugar as much. So again, it's not about cutting out carbs because there's really some wonderful carbs, um, especially fruits that are just so chock full of antioxidants um, that are neuroprotective that can prevent the brain from aging. So you don't want to cut out those carbs, but you do want to make these better choices on a consistent basis. I was told before to avoid the, the four W's, the white sugar, the white flour, the white rice, and there's another one as well. I think it was a milk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're terrible for you. And, and, the, and the other thing is that I don't want people to be tricked. Um, you know, part of my program, people get tricked by wheat. You know, they think, oh, oh, that's whole wheat bread, so that's, that's a better choice. Well, a lot of wheat breads, yes, white is, wheat is a bit better than white. But a lot of wheat breads have the same glycemic index as white bread. So a lot of wheat breads will spike your blood sugar just as much, which is why the, the one bread that is um, part of my program in that week one where you're really doing a diet overhaul. Um, and, you know, in addition, you know, week one, I should also mention, uses a lot of clinical, clinically proven cognitive behavioral therapy interventions to change the way you think, which can change the way you feel. So you're not only going to be thinking like a happy person, you're also going to be eating like a happy person. Um, and, and, and going back to this bread, I love this. Uh, um, if you can find sprouted flourless bread, uh, that has a glycemic index in the 30s. Uh, whereas most white and even a lot of wheat breads have glycemic index in the in the 70s, so you can you can still eat bread, but it's a it's a much healthier bread made from um, you know it's actually sprouted beans and wonderful grains that are high in antioxidants. Uh, so it's just about finding those swaps and switches that will work for you. What are your thoughts on nutrition, then, Mike? My thoughts on nutrition is that it it, it can be your greatest ally or it can be your greatest enemy. And I, when we go about our daily lives, the temptation is everywhere. So, um, you know, there are some wonderful uh, alternatives. So maybe instead of um, having that burger from a fast food joint, um, you know, the, the, I was just in the UK and I saw that you have that lovely chain Pret, 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 Pret um, and, and looking for those um, healthier options and whether that's a black bean soup or uh, a salad with olive oil instead of those cheap soybean oils. Um, we really have to start looking at food um, as, as something that can help us live the joyous, powerful lives that we were meant to live. And we also have to know that at every turn, um, these food companies are, are, are trying to sabotage us with these cheap products, uh, soda, 
uh, bread that are very cheap to produce, which means higher profits for them. Uh, but they have an addictive pull on us. And you know what I ask people to do is to consider w w what is your why. Why are you making the choice to make to have that salad with olive oil or black bean soup instead of a um, a, a burger, a, a conventionally grown factory farmed burger on white bread? Uh, and, or fish and chips, fried fish with uh, you know these fried potatoes. Why are you making that? Is it because you want to feel better? Is it because you want to be around and live a long, healthy life so that you can see your children have children? Is it because you want to be successful and work and, and arrive uh, to your shift clear-headed and then come back from lunch feeling optimistic that you can uh, have the energy that you're going to need to get through your day? And I think when people can connect with their why, they start to say, oh, I see. I do want to make these healthier choices because I'm going to feel better and it's going to be actually a lot better for me in the long run as well. Is there research around that, Mike, to support it? Oh, absolutely. So we know that um, – you know, this is sort of groundbreaking science. You know, what I did in the brain fog fix is I looked at studies from around the world. Uh, and I looked at, you know, for example, in that I was referencing that turmeric study, looking at rural India and how uh, this one spice can uh, – potentially uh, prevent Alzheimer's by up to 90%, looking at how low levels of inflammation are linked with low levels of depression um, and how omega-3 superfoods can not only, are, uh, not only prevent inflammation in the body and the brain but also are linked to uh, much lower risks, risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease for, for people who are eating fish and these omega-3 superfoods on a consistent basis. Uh, looking at the, the correlation um, – in people who spike their blood sugar with these unhealthy carbs, bread, flour, sugar on a consistent basis and, and their risk not only for obesity, which of course, you know, obesity is all, is often, will also lead to depression in many, many patients, but also looking at the link between spiking your blood sugar and a much higher risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So when we, when we look at this groundbreaking science that has just begun to come out and that I talk about in my book, um, I, I think people will really say, wow, I had no idea what an impact my diet was in, in the way that I feel and the health of my brain. Are there certain vitamins which are essential for our well-being as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, and one of the recommendations that I make, because you know, nature has a way of putting vitamins um, together in such a, a potent uh, way that sometimes have a synergistic effect. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that eating a variety of vegetables and whole fruits so that you're getting all of the vitamins that you need is, is the best way because nature does, again, have this way of putting together um, these vitamins and these antioxidants in ways that, um, that no scientist could ever put together in a supplement. I, you know, I'm not saying that supplements and vitamins are bad as, as sort of your escape hatch, as sort of the plan B on days that you don't get those vitamins. But I think the best plan A is always to eat uh, the, a variety of vegetables and whole fruits every day because then you're guaranteed to get, uh, um, you know, all, you know and, and of course these healthier grains and these uh, healthier protein sources because then you're, then you're guaranteed to get the folate. You, we know that folate, which is uh, one of the B vitamins, is, um, is very powerful in preventing depression and anxiety. In fact, um, in the U.S., Pharmaceutical companies are now uh, packaging folate 
as a prescription that doctors can prescribe as an add-on treatment for depression and anxiety. So we know, for example, that folate, which you can get in your diet, will have a profound impact on depression, anxiety, as well as all of the other B vitamins. You know, those B vitamins are just wonderful uh, for your brain. Uh, but it's not just the B vitamins. It's everything. It's iron. It's vitamin C. It, it's really eating this well-balanced diet so that your body is, and your brain are going to ne- get everything that they need to support uh, healthy levels of your feel-good hormones. Mike, would you have a suggestion or a recommendation in regards to either go for organic or non-organic, say, vegetables and fruits? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, or, organic, especially some of those foods that are high in pesticides, um, you should – I mean – Listen, if you can afford it, buy organic everything. Now, I also know that that's expensive for people. Uh, there, you know, there's a list called the Dirty Dozen, which um, looks at the the uh, the the fruits and vegetables that are most heavily um, uh, sprayed with uh, harmful pesticides. So, for example, blueberries. Blueberries are probably a fruit you always want to go organic, right? Uh, but there are other fruits like bananas. It's probably okay to go conventionally raised and save yourself a little money there. So I think people should become very educated, um, and and of course always favor organic when you can. Or if you know if money is no object, go organic all the time. But I think people also need to understand that organic is very uh, even probably even more important when you're buying animal products because organic in fruits and vegetables means that they're cleaner, less pesticides. But when we're talking about fish meat, dairy, eggs. Organic also means that they're not being fed uh, cheap corn and soy, which means that the, that the milk, dairy, eggs, meat uh, are, are going to be higher in those pro-inflammatory omega-6s. But for example, if you're buying organic milk, uh, we know that in studies or organic beef or organic cheese, that they are much higher in those anti-inflammatory omega-3s. So organic is, organic is something that's just wonderful for your brain, whether we're talking about fruits, vegetables, uh, milk, dairy, eggs. What are your thoughts on medication to treat depression and ADHD? Well, let me. I, I have a very moderate approach, but I, I want to speak uh, about the this really interesting paradox. Um, I think that as a whole, people are too are you know we are over medicated. Uh, that so many people are go- turning to medication uh, when when medication isn't really solving any problem. Um, and, and we know, for example, I talk about this famous study from Duke that uh, in the long run, consistent exercise outperforms prescription antidepressants. And, and then this other famous uh, large-scale study from Canada that showed that, um, uh, that a, uh, an omega-3 supplement that was high in the omega-3 EPA uh, was just as effective in prescription antidepressants um, in treating major, depressin- major depressive disorder or major depression. Um, so we know that there are more natural ways for people to, to get that. Now, that being said, there are absolutely some people who need prescription treatment uh, to deal with their conditions, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, especially schizophrenia, schizophrenia uh, especially. Um, but the, the, the paradox is that so many people taking medication don't need it. And a lot of people who actually need medication, who have more serious mental illnesses, uh, are are hesitant to take it. So it's it's almost as if uh, those people should switch places, you know. Um, But what I do know is that there are other ways that uh, that I think most people should try first. Um, 
so you know, are you eating this healthy diet? Are you eating getting enough omega threes? Are you exercising every day? You know, what I recommend based on these studies that treat depression is forty four minutes a day of exercise, which you will do in week two of my program. Um, are you, uh, you know, also the the week three that I have in the brain fog fix is called the seven day spirit revolution. Do you have a spiritual practice? You know, I have these twelve minute meditations uh, that have been shown uh, clinically to uh, reverse memory loss. Um, you know, we also know uh, I, a lot of the meditations that I have are from a, a model of psychotherapy that, uh, called mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which has been shown clinically to prevent uh depression and, and help to treat depression. So, uh, you know, I think people have to ask themselves, am I doing everything I need to be doing in my life to help, help me to feel better naturally before I reach for, uh, you know, before I see somebody and, 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 um, uh, really reach for something you know is that medication a band-aid and and have i addressed all of the things that i need to to in my life and if you've addressed all those things and you're exercising you're eating right and you've uh, you know worked on improving your relationship and you've uh, evolved spiritually and psychologically and you are are doing all the work on yourself that you need to do and you still notice um that your attention span is suffering or that you still feel depressed then I think it's it's really time to consider prescription medication. But I think too many people um, use use medication as band aids, and they feel like and they actually say use it sort of as a as a pass, you know, like a hall pass, like a oh well, I can you know I can eat uh, whatever I want, and I cannot exercise, and I cannot deal with my relationship, and just take this medication to make me feel better. When I think in those cases, medication is not the answer. How much of a role do you think taking responsibility for our health plays in all of this? Oh, I, I think it's the most important thing. I think it's paramount. You know, I think we all need to realize that, um, you know, this doctor-patient relationship. Let's 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 be clear. You know, uh, you are the you are the person who is with you twenty-four hours a day. You are the person who decides what to put into your mouth, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You are the person who decides how many glasses of wine to eat. You are the person who who either walks into that gym or, or sits on the couch. You are the person who is responsible for your life, for your health. And, and that can be a very exciting thing. You know, at, at the end of the day, a doctor that you see for 20 minutes um, really at, at the end of the day isn't going to make uh, that much of an impact on your health um, except in worst case scenario uh, uh, situations. Yes, if you've every single day made some very bad decisions or if you have if there obviously if there is a uh, an, an underlying uh, uh disease that is genetic or if there's some abnormality then yes of course that doctor can have a profound impact on your life or if you're having a heart attack and your doctor needs to save your life um we know that most illnesses are can be prevented and it's about the lifestyle it's about what we eat it's how we live how much we're sleeping and we really need to start looking at uh, ourselves. Uh, we are we are the only person who is responsible for our life and our choices on a daily basis. In regards to the toxins that we're taking in, say even from the foods we eat, is there a way or a way you would suggest for people to get rid of those toxins? Yeah, you know, I think going uh, choosing organic foods is is a great way. Uh, but then there are also, you know, in, in I have a chapter called "Taking on Toxins" in my book, and there are actually some pri some very surprising ways. Uh, we know that different um, chemicals, pesticides, are linked to just about every. Um, uh, 
mental illness from ADHD to um, uh, depression to anxiety. And there are some really surprising ways, uh, for example, dusting more often. We know that a lot of the chemicals that are found in that have been found in mattresses and couch cushions, um, some of those um, chemicals can accumulate in dust. So if you keep your house cleaner uh, and you open the, uh, open your windows and you get that dust out um, and, and also house plants you know I actually have a list of the plants that have been scientifically proven to clean air better than other plants so if you get one of the plants that I recommend that can help to clean your air but I think probably the most significant uh, way to reduce your exposure to toxins and this is probably surprising to people is to reduce your body fat. So what's really interesting is that in week one of my program, you're going to overhaul your diet. And in week two, you're going to start exercising for 44 minutes a day. And while, while the brain fog fix is not a weight loss program, the vast majority of people who follow my program do lose weight. Now, if you lose body fat, we know that a lot of toxins accumulate in fat. That means if you are carrying around excess fat in your body, you're also carrying around excess toxins. So by shedding the, the, the excess body fat, you're also shedding the toxins. You're no longer carrying around the toxins that you've already been exposed to throughout your lifetime. So I think that's really interesting that in a lot of way, the healthier we are, the less toxins we are exposed to uh, on a day-by-day basis. What are your thoughts to say around fasting as a way to get rid of toxins, Mike? Well, you know, it's really interesting, you know, I think for, um, you know, I, I'm also an eating disorder specialist and I, and I think for a lot of people, um, you know, I, I've treated a lot of anorexia in my practice and, and uh, I treat a lot of people who have binge eating disorder as well. I think for a lot of people, fasting is, uh, can be a, a little problematic just psychologically in the way it, it triggers binges. You know, I would rather people follow a, a reasonable uh, diet for the rest of their lives uh, on a day-by-day basis uh, rather than fast. I think that's probably a, a good rule of thumb for most people. I, you know, I, I, I think that there are some people out there that fasting uh, you know, can be a good thing. And, and you know, I, obviously there are some people um, who fast for spiritual and or religious purposes. Um, and, if, and if you are one of those people, that's, you know, that's, uh, there are some, there are some benefits, but I also think that for a lot of people, there are risks. So, you know, how I I think a a healthier uh, question that all people can follow is how can I make healthier choices? How can I not spike my blood sugar as much uh, on a on a consistent basis? You know, uh, when it comes to health, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it really is the uh, you know, it's it's that it's that slow, steady turtle who wins the race. And and so I would rather people uh, make these these choices on a on a more consistent basis. Mike, how important are relationships for our health and our well being? Well, first of all, I, I just want to say that I think love and relationships are the are the most profound gift that we have on the face of the planet. You know, on our deathbeds, I think we're all going to remember the relationships and the love that we had uh, over our the money or the jobs, right? So, you know, they're profound, but they're also, you know, I think uh, one statistic that really surprises people from my program and my book is that being lonely 
doubles your risk of Alzheimer's disease. So being uh, having a healthy relationship isn't just a psychological need uh, and something that makes you happier, but it also makes you physically healthier. We know that people who don't have healthy relationships, you're going to have more depression. You're going to have more anxiety because you don't have the support that you need, and you're also going to double your risk of Alzheimer's disease. Isn't that so fascinating that by improving our relationships, uh, we really are uh, significantly improving our brain health? And going forward into, say, the new year, 2016, and people who want to change their so-called bad habits from 2015, would you have any suggestions for them? Yeah, well, first of all, most people don't keep those New Year's resolutions. So what I suggest for people is, you know, again, going back to this notion that consistency trumps intensity. Uh, I would rather you put one foot in front of the other on a more consistent basis than be one of those people, you know, who join the gym on January 1st and, and, you know, are working out for two hours a day. And then all of a sudden by February 1st, you're no longer going to the gym at all. Um, you know, I would rather you do something that you are going to do uh, that feels attainable to you. So, you know, for example, uh, I think exercise and losing weight is probably the most common New Year's resolution when people start to go back to the gym. I would rather you uh, take two brisk 22-minute walks a day for a total of 44 minutes if you're going to do that every single day rather than join a gym, uh, do it really intensely for a month and then give it up. So I, I think people really need to be really honest with themselves and say, what are the changes that I can make that I can actually stick to? Uh, but I also believe uh, the other good news for people who are maybe listening to you and if to to our show to to the show right now and saying, "Wow, there's so many changes I need to make in my life." Um, you know, the the longest journey starts with just a few steps. Um, and I know that when people can put one foot in front of the other and start to make one change at a time, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you know, that's why I sort of broke down my my book, uh, The Brain Fog Fix, into three weeks, so that people don't have to make all the changes all at once. You know, week one is diet and and cognitive behavioral therapy. Week two is neurogenesis and exercise and sleep um, and circadian rhythm reset. Week three is spirituality. Um, so every time you make a change in your life and you start to feel a little bit better. So let's say you just start by eating healthier tomorrow uh, and then your energy improves and then you want to eat a little bit healthier the next day. And then by week two, uh, you feel so good that you have more energy. So now exercising becomes easier. I think that's true for all people. You know, and if you can just focus on how you put one foot in front of the other, you allow all of the feedback that you get to be the positive reinforcement that makes you want to keep going and, and continue to get better and better and healthier and healthier in your life. Would you be an advocate of people setting goals for the new year? Yeah, I, I think goals are always a great thing. And, you know, I, I like goals that are that are that tend to be achievable, realistic uh, and also time sensitive. Um, so, you know, I think these large ethereal goals of, oh, I need to lose weight. Uh, I, I think those those goals are actually focusing on. All, all, all of the things that are wrong with you. So I think when people make goals, those goals should be really attainable and time, uh, time sensitive. So for example, I like goals that sound um, something uh, depending on what you're trying to work on. So let's say we're, let's just use weight loss as a, uh, an example. I like a goal that sounds like I would like to lose um, two pounds a month every month in 2016. I like goals that sound like um, you know, uh, every, 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 every day I am going to, to make one healthier, 
uh, choice in what I'm eating, you know. And you can see how a, a choice, uh, how a goal that is phrased like that can be setting you up for success. And by the way, a lot of people, when they set a goal such as um, I'm going to lose uh, two pounds a month for, uh, for 2016, a lot of people find that when they have an achievable goal and they meet the goal and maybe they even exceed the goal, they feel better about themselves rather than the person that is focusing on, oh, I have to lose so much weight or I have to change everything about my diet and they start to feel very doom and gloom about their situation. Um, you really start to – you can uh, really set yourself up for success based on the way you talk about yourself and to yourself. How important is it to have a support networker or even a coach to create that for yourself? Oh, well, I, I mean, that, that's why I do what I do. You know, I think for uh, your coach can be a professional like myself or, or your coach can also be uh, uh, just surrounding yourself with other people who uh, are healthy. We know that people who uh, are overweight tend to be surrounded by other overweight people and vice versa. We know that if you surround yourself with people who are healthy, who are going to the gym, who take their health seriously, who aren't... Uh, drinking too much and eating too much that you are more likely to uh to do the same so if you can set yourself up for success and surround yourself with other like-minded people uh you are really setting yourself up for success and increasing the likelihood that you're going to keep keep to these goals and, and really achieve all of them can you just tell me quickly a little bit about your new book out called the brain fog fix yeah, so I, you know, this this book was really a, a passion project for me. Uh, it's called the Brain Fog Fix. It gives it goes through all, you know, as as readers can probably guess, it's it's really a whole person uh, centered approach um, uh, addressing mind, body, and spirit uh, using cognitive behavioral therapy. So we change your thoughts, but we also change your diet. We also change your spiritual practice. We change the way you sleep. We change the way your relationship to technology. So it really is a whole person centered approach to wellness and well-being and happiness and joy. Um, you know, I, and uh, uh, it's doing quite well here, and I, I, I'm just so overjoyed that uh, here in the U.S. it's on the New York Times bestseller uh, list, and I, I think that you know, I think that speaks to the fact that so many people have brain fog. I think that's one of the reasons why it was, it's been so successful. Um, and, and you know, one of the things that really gives me such uh, great joy is is all of the, uh, the people who have followed my program, who who feel so happy and 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 and. Um, really change their lives through the course of, of this program. And if any of our listeners want to find out more about your work or want to contact you, how could they do it? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm on social media channels, uh, uh, but you, they can also just go to my website, which has all the links to my social media, uh, and that's drmikedow.com, D-R-M-I-K-E-D-O-W.com. Thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it and really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks so much for having me.